1: Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall podcast. We have a pretty we have a pretty interesting show for you today. We're going to dig into a couple stories, or actually maybe three stories, that uh, our team here at TPM has been working on over the last few days. And I anticipate that uh, at least one of these, and maybe more, are stories that we are going to keep on reporting on it, because th- th- I don't think we've gotten to the, or we or really anyone has has gotten to the bottom of that yet. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, David, uh, talking to my, my colleague and co-host David Tainer here, hey there. Um, you know, that's always been one of our things here at TPM. We call it iterative reporting. Right. Um, it's not as distinct from what other news organizations do as it was maybe 10 years ago, but just the basic point of, you know digging into a story not necessarily looking to do the sort of the one mega examination of the whole thing tied up in a bow but be more like investigators as you keep you know getting new information reporting it back to yep. your readers and stuff so uh david give us a uh, give us a preview what are we what are we talking about
2: today so the first story we want to talk about has to do with a woman named Cindy Yang she and her family own a number of massage parlors, day spas, I guess you would call them in, yeah, I guess in Florida, they're formally right. day
1: spas, right. but but it is pretty clear that that sex can or sexual right. services can be had at those. So, right. yeah, massage and parlors.
2: tied up in this, one of these parlors is Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, uh who was indicted for, you know, allegedly solicitation prostitution yeah. at one of these spas. She founded that particular spa, but is no longer the owner of that one. So, I guess she has like some degree of separation. But But her current ones also seem to be involved in the
1: same stuff. Although it's not part of, as far as I know, it's not part of any of the charges that came out of that state. You know, it's funny. You don't think of like, uh, you don't think of like massage parlors as having like founders. And then, you know, like you think of like a kind of like uh, seem
2: You think of them more as like uh, one-off. Well, I mean, like the New York Post was founded
1: by Alexander Hamilton. A uh, little, I think, a little more than two hundred years ago. So yeah, f- you know, th- th- institutions are sure, founded yeah, sure. and then they're they're purchased or inherited. Right. But like massage parlors seem like a little, uh, you know, you know, you kind of put it up, that's and right. when you're done, you close
2: it down. It doesn't, you know, you don't think of like so, founders that's and like right. continuers. So Cindy Yang, not only is she, you know, the founder or owner of these these spas in Southern Florida, but she and her husband have a consultancy that they started. I think not long before Trump was inaugurated. Is that right? I think not long after he would like a... Right, or something. Like 2017. 2017. Yes. Yeah. So, and these... We'll get into it, but these, this consultancy basically explicitly sells access to President Trump. She's a right. member of Mar-a-Lago, which right. is his private club. So there's a lot going on there. I want to kind of dig into that with you guys. Right. All right. So So... Before we already have
1: uh, our our colleague Josh Kavinsky here and he he is on this story. We're going to talk to him in a second. But before we do, we're going to get some business out of the way with Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. Uh, Want to become a true office hero? Treat yourself and your coworkers to the best ice coffee in the country with 42 serving. Bag in the box from Grady's Cold Brew. Now shipping to 20 states on the East Coast, this coffee concentrate pours from a spigot just like boxed wine. So help yourself to to cup after cup of Grady's signature New Orleans-style flavor, freshly brewed with chicory, for just a hint of all-natural sweetness. Ready to give it a swirl? Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's promo code TPM. Now, there's one other th- one other sort of promotional thing I want to mention to you, and 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 the great Grady's reminded me of it is that next week we are going to be interviewing Preet Bharara, who, as you know, is the former U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York, uh, fired by Trump. Uh, as, as as many many people have been at this point um, he's become a big uh, TV commentator Pod, um, podcaster our, yeah as well. he's a podcaster and, and he's got a book out and we're going to be talking it's called doing justice and we're going to be talking about that next week and I, I, I was uh, I was thinking about that because I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you we pre-recorded it so, so the the Preet episode is actually already Just letting been you in on a little secret. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell anybody. Uh in any case, when I read the Grady's ad, Preet was sort of like snarking a bit <laughs> on it. Not it, not in a not in an anti-Grady's, of course not way. How could you be really? But but the the uh, the box of coffee because right. he was going back to that thing. I feel I feel like I feel like Grady's got to got to do something about it. I I will tell you, you know, here at TPM we have like. Eighty boxes of Gradies, <laughs> like in in like two refrigerators. No shortage of it. No yeah. shortage, and and they work really well because Absolutely. you know you, in the normal b- uh, bottles of iced coffee you get. Um, well, you first of all, they're heavy. The glass is like you know. Yeah, well, and and and, and there's not that much in a yeah. single bottle. You can't um, you can't store them quite as efficiently, uh, but you know, and even like you know, it's gonna. It, Get into marine archaeology here, but it's like you know the ancient Greeks and Romans with the amphorae, you know, kind of putting them all into the right. into the into the bottom of the ship. Anyway, um, so back to Cindy Yang. Well, no, 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 not no. back to Cindy. I got, I got still a little more about this um, with the with the Grady's boxes. It's like a freaking container ship. <laughs> you, it's so efficient. Yeah. So anyway, but 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 uh, but pre kind of, like, you know, jabbed a little, yeah. saying, eh, it's like, you know, boxes of wine. That's right. And we talked about it and worked But listen, it
2: even boxed wine has come a long way since the since the Franzia and other guess, kind of down I market Yeah, I guess. I, I don't, I don't, I don't so, drink
1: a lot of wine, so I don't, I don't really know. Just trust me on that. Okay. So, all right. So, Cindy Yang. So,
2: let's let's get into this. What, so yeah, what's the deal? So, she is involved in kind of a bunch of different things that are sort of touch our world of politics and American life, but... um. The main point that we've been focusing on, I think, is the consultancy that she launched after Trump was inaugurated as president that explicitly sells access to the president, his family, his inner circle. Right. And the website, which went down shortly after she was named in these investigations. As as one does as
1: a website when these stories start.
2: Right. So the Miami Herald over the weekend broke the story. First about it, Mother Jones followed up with additional right. reporting. Um, there's photos of her posing with Trump. She's a big donor. To posing his, with everybody. Yeah, posing like with everyone.
1: Don Jr., Eric. Right. Like everybody. Rick in Scott. The, like, yeah, and like just, everybody in yeah. in the Trump world and in the like Florida, Florida Republican, Republican Party yeah. world. Right. right. So, and w- you know, one thing, I mean, w- we're going to try to figure out some today, some going forward, what, what her story is. But this is beyond her. We've known for a while, we've known because it's been obvious since the very beginning, that the president is basically using Mar-a-Lago as a a kind of
2: an influence peddling operation. Right. Do you guys know off the top of your head how many trips he's taken there? I thought I saw it was like 40 or something. Is that wrong? It's a is lot. Yeah.
1: 40 sounds like it may it, maybe It's 40 trips to his his properties his maybe. properties sure. cuz he's gone to Bedminster a right. lot in New Jersey. He's actually gone to those places in Scotland a few times. Right. There's Trump National which is down in Florida right. Doral yep. or whatever, which is separate from Mar-a-Lago, but he's there a ton of times. So 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 basically, you know, and they've jacked up prices for the hotel for membership. in DC, obviously. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of them. Um so they're jacking prices up and if you want to like literally sort of meet up with the president and kind of eat with him in the same dining hall and, you know, kind of cruise by when he's sitting there kind of talking to Shinzo Abe <laughs> or, or uh, you know, or some other head of state, you can do that. But what we've seen with Cindy Yang is it's sort of like a franchising operation that, that uh, Trump has the, you know, Trump is like McDonald's. And but but Mar-a-Lago members can become franchisees of the pay-to-play operation, so she she pays to become Mar to to become a member of Mar-a-Lago, also kicks in some political giving, mm-hmm. and then so she can come and go as she pleases at Mar-a-Lago, um, and then she can bring her own people and she can sell it to 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 her own people. So um, all right, so Josh, what's the what have I missed and what are you working on now? Because I know you got a story coming about some other shenanigans she's involved with.
3: Right. Well, one thing that just kind of crossed my mind as you were talking was that, yeah, I mean, it's a franchising operation for influence peddling. But what's sort of funny about Cindy Yang is that she seem to have combined the influence peddling franchise operation with her like massage parlor sex services franchise operation. So if you look at this company she founded in 2017, uh, it's called GYUS Investments, and it's registered to the same address as one of the massage, like, sex parlor <laughs> parlors she was running. Um, the officers of all the companies are kind of interchangeable. How oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so, but, so if you look at the... W- her husband is one of the officers in the mix here. Right. Right. And also a lot of them have donated, you know, in aggregate, they've donated like tens of thousands of dollars to Trump and the local Republican Party. Cindy Yang herself uh, is like outreach director at the uh, Asian American GOP of like Broward County, Florida. Um, So I talked to somebody who works with her there. And she was going on about how, you know, this woman, Cindy Yang, was just super into, like, you know, making as many connections as possible. Just not really grassroots stuff, but more just, like, networking, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. working her way through the, into, into the party, which... Yeah. Now, did this person give a sense of... Because I, I think everything
1: we've seen is that she is totally uninvolved in any kind of politics at any level until 2016. Right. And when she goes... All in. Is that the
2: impression you got from this person you talked to? The impression I got from this person was that she didn't even join the party until 2016,
3: was that she just started getting involved in that. Right,
2: because there's, I mean, she's a naturalized U.S. citizen, right? Correct, and there, but that's my understanding. there are, there's no record for voting in the last 10 years, is that right?
3: Yeah, that
1: was, I think that was in the, because at first I wasn't clear on whether she was a green card holder or a naturalized citizen, and in that original Miami Herald article, the only discussion of anything related to that was not having voted in 10 years. So yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if that means like she voted 10 years ago or, or maybe that's as far back as the records go. But I guess the relevant point is she was not like a big political activist. Before
3: Trump came on the scene. Sure. And then in 2016, all of a sudden, she kind of pops up as one. So the visa, I mean, the immigration point kind of goes to the subject of this story, which is that if you look at the website that they had up, this company, GYUS Investments, it's pretty shoddily made. But one of the main things it's selling is not only access to Trump via Mar-a-Lago, you know, access to, for example, I mean, there was like a package it looked like you could buy where you would get to go to the Berkshire Hathaway shareholder meeting. And like it said, you know, you could meet, you know, Um, Warren Buffett. But another section of the website had to do with what seems to be a golden visa um, arrangement. Okay, So uh, for the listeners, in the US, we have a program called the EB-5 visa, where if you invest a certain amount of money uh, in two specified ways into the United States, in exchange, you'll get a green card. Um, And then you can eventually apply for citizenship. So Jared Kushner's companies took a lot of flack for this exact scheme back in 2017 because his sister was videotaped, uh, I think by a Washington Post journalist in China, um, offering a similar kind of scheme where you can invest like in a Kushner building construction, right? Um, and in exchange, you would get a green card, which is and also
1: making pretty clear, kind of like, and by the way, right? We're related to the president, and
3: so Cindy, Cindy yeah.
1: Yang was making the same implication on this website. Well, it let me like, let me let me ask you one question there, just for for anybody who's not kind of up to speed on how our immigration system works or from people outside the country, you can you can apply to be a citizen. But once you have a green card, you can stay here as long as you want. You can live here for us. I mean, obviously, maybe you commit some big crime, you'd be deported. But basically, as long as you pay your taxes and don't commit any crimes, a green card is
3: permanent residence in the United States. That's exactly what it is. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, so yeah, so the Kushners were really kind of flaunting their access to the White House and Cindy Yang was doing it in her own way. So, uh, for example, on the website, it's sort of, it gives you some examples of different projects you can invest in. Um, And they're all kind of noted for their proximity to Mar-a-Lago. Um, beyond that, it's also you know her kind of hanging out with Trump. It's that sort mm-hmm. picture on the website. It's, right. You know, it, it's heavily implying that if you do this, you're not only going to get a visa because uh, you're fulfilling the requirements of the law, but because you're kind of positioning yourself in a way that's proximate to white to power. Now, are are those investments? Are those things she is financially involved in, or just things that she knows locally? Like if you do, you know, so it, it's a little bit hard to tell. Yeah. There's one funny thing about that. So there's this, there's two ways you can. Qualify for a visa under the EB-5 program. One is a direct investment, which creates a certain number of jobs. Um, the other is into like a registered, like I think it's called like an invest immigration investment project project center. There, there are a couple hundred of them around the country. They're all licensed by the State Department or some other government agency, um, and so the website also advertises those. But it does give a few examples of specific things you can invest in and for which you'll get a visa. Um, and this is where it really seems like kind of like a shoddy, almost like scammy operation, because one of the things is a home around a quarter of a mile away from Mar-a-Lago that belongs to uh, Philadelphia Eagles owner, Jeffrey Lurie. It's very weird. So it's just if you like if you like invest in this home uh, of a guy who, by the way, is like good friends with Robert Kraft.
1: Yeah, right. A lot of football <laughs> guys in this story. Now, now at, yeah. least, at, least, at least notionally, like if someone like no one could invest in my home. I mean, needless to say, I don't have that fancy a home. <laughs> right. But, like,
3: what does that mean, invest in someone's home? I th- the idea, I think, is if, well, let's say but you invest in a project in the home that would create more than 10 jobs. Right. Then you would qualify, you, in theory, would qualify under the, uh, the, the program. But, okay, so this guy owns, wait, the Eagles? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: So why is he, I figure if he wants a new wing, he just, like... <laughs>
3: stands it up. My suspicion from looking at the website yeah. is that he's not in on it. It's that they just like kind of took a picture of a nice house like right next to Mar-a-Lago. Okay. And he's kind of caught up in it. But it's okay. like a funny coincidence that the guy who oh. played Robert Kraft last year in the Super Bowl.
1: Oh, okay. So right. so, so we're assuming maybe that's just a kind of a picture they have up there yeah, that are yeah. not actually talking about investing in his house. I mean, they might, but... We just don't know. Who yeah, knows, just, Exactly. Okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, so... All right. So, but it seems pretty like kind of...
3: Slap dash right operation, but yeah, some reporting has suggested that they've they at least had some suge- some success uh, in getting Chinese executives to come to Florida on this. Um, I think there were a couple for r- the Mar a Lago stuff. For the Mar a Lago yeah. stuff, the for visa like the stuff,
1: meet and greet kind of exactly. Yeah, the visa yeah, stuff yeah, we don't yeah. know for the Mar a Lago right.
3: stuff. There was some documentation of Chinese businessmen flying all the way over to Mar a Lago. Um, there was one specific event. There was this. Uh, I think it was called like it was like a safari night. At Mar-a-Lago, where there were a bunch of, like, random, like, Chinese businessmen there. Cindy Liang was there. Um, A woman who was, like, a local real estate agent that, uh, she's American-born, and she's a partner of Cindy Yang's, available on this company's website, Uh, was also in attendance. And she also is, like, an officer at these... uh, I, I want to call them like rub and tug shops, but like <laughs> you, you can, it's okay. Okay, it's yeah, okay. Like but
1: okay, but this, but this, what, what is interesting to me here is, is you're saying that that in terms of like f- the physical addresses, at least the address of record and the officers of these companies, yeah. that the the sort of meet Trump business and visa business is kind of indistinguishable from the prostitution the, the, the prostitution businesses. Yeah. Now that obviously doesn't mean they're literally happening in the same place, but same officers, same same you said same address of record yeah, yeah. kind of stuff. Okay, very very interesting.
2: And there's a I mean I don't know if we want to get into this now, but there's sort of a whole other part of her professional life which is that she's on the right. board of a couple of companies that are kind of linked to related to the Communist Party of China, is that right? Right. Well, I guess not Comp. There's sort of the these are uh, advocacy groups, yeah, I guess, right? Yeah,
1: advocacy. And 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 in fairness, uh, you know, uh, many countries have organization – like, I. you know, there's no doubt. I'm sure India has some sort of, you know, Indian-American friendship society that you can join. And that's probably, you know, if you're involved in – you know, if you're involved in some sort of export business. And, and you, you know, the, the, these things are not um, inherently – Suspect. Or, yeah, suspect, yeah, sure. and I'm sure kind of like maybe recent immigrants from India who are still very interested in and concerned about the country they were born in and all this kind of stuff. So these things exist, um, but in China, they're often, you know, run by the Communist Party and in some sense operating as kind of front groups or maybe as sort of, uh, uh, you know, vehicles to sort of find people to, you know, work and intelligence collection and stuff so what yeah what are you seeing from your reporting so far josh in that part of this like is is this just a kind of a ball play to pay to play operation or might there be some sort of intelligence weirdness kind of layered in
3: so with the groups that cindy yang was involved in or i guess still is one of them is interesting because it i think it's called like the you know, Chinese part like reunification peace partnership, like community, or something like that. But the point is, isn't really the name. The point is that it has a specific policy aim, which is reunifying Taiwan with mainland China, right? Which is obviously a key Chinese foreign policy objective and one that has been, you know, for decades, right? Uh, and it's something that. It, you know, really kind of triggered red flags for a lot of people, and having her be involved in that, and also right. hanging out at Mar a Lago, taking pictures with top American politicians. Right, right, yeah. right. But so, but, but
1: from from your reporting, from what you've read up on other people's reporting, so far we just have some some connections that throw up red flags. We, we kind of it hasn't really gone past that,
3: right? Right. There's nothing concrete. There are certain patterns that are kind of emerging. Again, this woman saying that she just sort of appeared at the Broward County Asian American GOP and started using it to make these connections. One thing I'd point out with the investment companies she set up was that um, not only, I mean, they had an office in Florida, but they also immediately set up two offices in China, one in Beijing and one in Wuhan, and then mm-hmm. also a DC office they were in the process of setting up once all this blew up. So that also right. it, it happened pretty fast. Right, right, right.
1: Just for our listeners to kind of put this all in perspective. We would know absolutely none of this if Bob Kraft had not gotten busted in that sting. That it all flows from
3: that, right? It's what's so weird about it. And also, you know, you were asking earlier, David, about. You know what the what really ties her to bob Kraft, and it is in a sense tenuous because she again you know she's the alexander hamilton of this massage shop <laughs> but uh she then sold it and right. at least when he was supposedly using it i don't think she was the owner anymore right she was just right. run, she was running just a separate group of like massage salons right yeah.
1: right well i guess the i mean I, I did and i did a post about this this weekend that let's take the hypothetical that this is and again this would not make China any different from lots of other countries by slightly different means, including the U S this is what intelligence services do. They try to find information. Um, and you do it through all sorts of human resources, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Let's say that, that this access is maybe passively related or, you know, some way tied into, uh, uh, espionage, Chinese espionage in the United States. um, the fact she's also in the prostitution business, that throws up a lot of red flags to me since since prostitution is like, I mean, prostitution may be the oldest profession, but it is, it's the oldest way to get compromising information on someone. So it, it again, there's just a lot of red flags from like every, from every angle. Now, am I right that she is, she has not spoken to anybody since this broke, right,
3: or the Miami Herald got her on the phone briefly. She denied everything and hung up, and that was it. Right. Yeah, and no, so, also yeah.
2: wasn't there a man at some of the, the massage parlors, spas, whatever, who just picks up the phone, and says, "Sorry, I don't speak English," and then basically, yeah, I've wrote, seen right? I've seen that. But basically, yeah, they're not. There's no
1: press conference, no engagement. Yeah. They haven't been on sixty <laughs> minutes or anything like right. that. All right. Anything? What, what's the What's the next? What's the next? Um, what's the next page of this? What are you
3: What are you looking into now? Where do you think this is going? So. It's really easy to take a selfie with a politician. Right. Different question if you actually developed a relationship. And so some of the reporting out there and then from what you know, people from the Asian American GOP were sort of saying is that it seems like she was aimed at building relationships. And to me, that's the most interesting question is whether right. or not she actually managed to like uh, become an advisor to somebody or just really have like build any kind of relationship with any politician. Right. Uh, thanks to her connections through mar lago Because, again, right. it's one thing to hang out there. You're the head of like a massage chain, right. and you're taking selfies, but it's a different thing if you actually egratiate yourself. Right.
1: And, and I would guess that um, for her purposes, to the extent that she is sort of advertising in China, like, hey, I will get you in, and you will get even a picture with, pres- with right. the President of the United States, that's a big thing. And 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 so it it, it is, for her purposes, just to make money, even the ability, like, I'm going to bring you over to Mar-a-Lago on one of these times when he's there. You come, I'm going to introduce you, you'll get a quick picture. Even that would probably be enough to make a ton of money.
2: Yeah, it makes your yeah. client look legit. Like yeah. you are, you know, you have connections or you can get get in the door certain places. It doesn't even matter. I mean, potentially, maybe it doesn't even matter if you or on first-name basis with yeah. anyone, but it's just sort of the appearance.
0: Yeah.
1: Right, and I guess also th- that from what we know of President Trump, if you literally get like two or three minutes with him and say something like, oh, I got this new elect- electric car that that runs on... One nine volt battery, you can go over a thousand miles. Like Trump's going to be tweeting about it a few <laughs> minutes later. If you see this thing today, and it's hard because, like, I'm like an, an an aerophobe, but Trump's like on on Twitter today saying like, uh... airplanes, you know, are, yeah, airplanes yeah. are getting too complicated, too much electronics. You need like a pilot to kind of get the right. job done. He's like, dude, we've got scientists from MIT yeah. flying yeah. our planes yeah. now. Yeah,
3: so so yeah. so. so so who knows yeah right. I and mean, we'll see if yeah. he tweets you know that taiwan should be re- reunified with mainland china <laughs>
1: yeah well you know it's funny it, like. th- this is this is this is the funny thing so much with the trump administration because i don't know if you guys remember but in the transition there was this big thing because he took a call from the president of taiwan which is in in the sort of the the very delicate uh policy that we have to both support Taiwan and sell them weapons and have an informal security guarantee with them while also not recognizing them as a country, you can't do that. Yeah. The president cannot. And so he's on the one hand having this, you know, kind of pushing the Taiwan's a separate country thing. But yeah, maybe tomorrow he'll say like, you know, I, we we got to consolidate, you know, you know s- s- some sort of analogy with like... Uh, um, you know, consolidating businesses. we got to get get, get get, Taiwan and China. <laughs> this is, you yeah. know, you got, there's synergies. Mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, we're putting these two things together. Right. All right. All right. Good stuff. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see this piece.
2: Yeah, Josh, thanks for joining us. Thanks and for having me. And for our listeners, make sure to sign up for TPM Prime. You can yes. read Josh Marshall's post on this. You can yes. support the work Josh is doing on it.
1: Yeah. Support our whole operation. Definitely sign up for Prime. And also add free Prime. That's right. Yeah, all these things. Okay,
2: so. All right, so I want to switch gears a little bit from this story and bring in Allegra Kirkland, one of our reporters. Hey, Allegra.
0: Hey, David. Hey, Josh.
2: Thanks for joining us. So one of the big storylines for TPM has been kind of coverage of the far right, white nationalism, which used to exist more under the radar, it seemed like, local cases, um, obscure people, obscure stories, but has really kind of come more to the fore in the Trump era. And Allegra, I know this has been one of the focuses of your reporting over your years at TPM. And one thing I kind of want to talk to you about is sort of how it's moved into the online space. Sites so like Gab, what is it, 4chan, different kind of like K- venues for... 8 Too many to keep track of. Anyway, <laughs> right, 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 right. yeah, like you've covered a, a lot of this stuff. One story I want to ask you about recently is kind of this um, new socialist movement. Is that the group I'm... T- I'm
0: the National Socialist, National socialist Movement, so- yeah.
2: Right, which was, I guess, a longtime white nationalist group, right, that was recently taken over by a black executive director, is that right? Tell us like, about this story and, and how this all kind of came down.
0: It's definitely a weird one. <laughs> like Everyone I've, I've spoken to who sort of studies extremism like as, at the SPLC and everyone is, at institutions like that are like, this is one of the weirdest stories, hands down, we've ever come across. So yeah, the National Socialist Movement um, grew out of actually the sort of ashes of the American Nazi Party, um, sort of like middle of the 20th century. Um, and, and
1: that's George Lincoln Rockwell's group. Yep. yep Did yep. it fall apart after he got killed? Is yeah, that what so happened? he
0: got killed and then two of his sort of, you know, associates right. ended up f- founding the Got, NSM. It. got it, it wasn't, it had a different name, but basically this group has been around in some form since, like you the, know, the, the, the 60s. It's
1: like the lineage from that yep, group. Yeah. Okay. So
0: that gives them some sort of, you know, yeah. panache in yeah, the community yeah, yeah. or whatever. But, you know, they've always been around. They're, they're big into kind of this like cosplay Nazi thing of like holding these rallies at state houses and wearing little outfits and. You know, yelling at protesters. Larping and, is called, right? Live yeah. action role playing. Yeah, that's yeah. that's people mock <laughs> them for that. Um, right. Some of their members have been involved in very serious, you know, criminal activity over the years. They were involved in like a, a racially motivated riot in Ohio in 2005. The guy who was arrested last year on, for trying to derail an Amtrak train had a National Socialist Movement business card in his wallet. So, you know, they're not, they're not to be taken lightly. Right. But their numbers have been falling off. They're kind of seen as this like relic, these kind of like old dudes who sit around and hang out with their swastikas or whatever. They also happen to be one of a bunch of white nationalist groups named in... One of two federal lawsuits brought after Charlottesville. So
1: they were in part of that. They were yeah. one of the Charlottesville groups.
0: Both, both the National Socialist Movement and their longtime leader, this guy, Jeff Scoop, uh, were, were named in the lawsuit as, you know, basically engaging in paramilitary activity on the streets of Charlottesville. This suit is trying to get, you know, that to no longer be permitted. Right. So... This lo- I, So apparently, th- this is where it gets very complicated, very weird. I'll try to okay. make it as simple as I can. So Jeff Scoop is this one character you guys should keep in mind. He's, you know, he became the leader of the NSM at like 22. He's been around for a long, long time. Okay, you got Jeff. The other side there's this guy, James Hart Stern, who is a black civil rights activist, kind of. Uh, he's had this very kind of random sort of peripheral... Career, not really, you know, no one you'd know by name. But then happened to while serving time for wire fraud in Mississippi, he shared a <laughs> jail cell with the former Grand Wizard of the KKK, this guy Edgar A. Killen. And Edgar A. Killen was actually in jail because he was he was implicated basically for orchestrating the Mississippi burning, the one that movie
1: is based on. Yes, the right, so one right, in, right. in
0: 1964, the murder of three civil rights workers in rural Mississippi. So he somehow befriended this KKK ground wizard, this this black civil rights activist, and this guy, you know, made buds. And, and presumably,
1: jail. the the KKK guy is pretty pretty old at this point. Very
0: old. Very right. old. Okay. Yeah. okay. yeah. Okay. Somehow, this ends with Stern convincing the KKK guy to sign over, you know, like the re- leadership of his particular branch of the KKK to Stern. And Stern, you know, publicly comes out and sort of says, you know oversells it saying like I disbanded the KKK and it's like <laughs> right. not not exactly but sure. Um, but, but some d- but a local branch a local branch yes. right? and, right, and right. you know this story got you know kind of blown up in the press at the time because it's just so now, surreal what's the time? Strange. what's the time frame This here? was 2016.
1: Okay. Killen, oh, uh, so Killen died in 2011
0: but he, it was 2016 when Stern sort of got it, went public. Got it. Got it. So this was all so apparently and I've talked to both you know Stern and Scoop last year, last week and they will tell you different versions of how the next steps sort of proceeded, um, but they both say that this this involvement with Killen is what sort of brought them together. Um, you know, Stern says Cooper touched to him, vice versa.
1: And I and I would guess that in that within the bizarreness of this story, the fact that Stern and Killen is the other guy's name. What's the other? What's the KKK guy's name? Killen. Yeah, Killen. Okay, the fact that he had like uh, befriended this guy, and this guy is like sort of KKK royalty kind of and 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 so that probably gave Stern who let's remember is this black guy in this kind of KKK world Nazi KKK some like some uh, charisma you know some like uh, he's he's, you know it's sort of like you've gotten the I don't want to you know sort of like a laying on of hands from sort of one of the greats of of the racist KKK world all right so now he's talking to Scoop
0: Right. Right. So they're they're in communication. They both say, which just sounds bizarre to me. They held a race relations summit in California in 2014. Black civil rights activist, open neo-Nazi, lifelong neo-Nazi. But okay. So whatever. They they were just talking back and forth in one of their conversations. Scoops apparently saying, you know, I want out. I'm really tired of this life, and I just want to go, you know, enjoy my my twilight years. And this lawsuit is really, you know, a huge burden, and it's weighing on me. And so Stern basically convinces him, you know, I've talked to the plaintiffs in the case. And if you allow me to take over your movement and they believe in good faith that you're kind of walking away from the whole thing, they'll agree to drop the charges against you. I, I don't know why. The
1: civil charge, like
0: criminal charges or just let him
1: go out of the suit, like just so he can walk away. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. okay. You know, they'll say you're did, no longer a threat. Did and Stern we'll-
1: have any basis to say that? No. Yeah.
0: Okay. No. 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 <laughs> right. Okay. So, so group's like, all right, sure. So this first got picked up because SPLC noticed that he'd filed paperwork in Michigan, turning over control of the group to to this guy, and they looked him up, and they're like, "This is bizarre." But that was kind of that was kind of it. And then it sort of blew up in the national press once you know. St- I
1: think AP got it. Yeah. Got Star- stuff and Stern first, right? was like,
0: "I want. I want to be." representing the NSM in this lawsuit now. Right, I right, control right. this group now. Right. And that, And then Scoop comes out and says, well, hold on just a second there. I didn't actually mean to, you know, he he, he hoodwinked me and I didn't think I was totally relinquishing control. I, I just thought I was getting out of this lawsuit and I was misled. I mean, it's just bonkers on its face. So
1: do, do you have, from, from reporting on this, do you have a sense of, <laughs> is there any sense in which he was like legitimately fooled or kind of like... I guess one other way of looking at it is is he sees the opportunity to sort of get out of under this lawsuit, says, great, I'm, do- I'm done. But then when it kind of, when the fullness of the, of the situation comes out, he has cold feet, and he's saying, "Oh, you tricked me, or whatever."
0: That, that's how I understand it. I mean, as people have pointed out, if if he wanted to just walk away, he could do what he did, still, which is say, "My lieutenant, this guy Bert Colucci is taking over. I'm out." You know, right, he could have right, just done right, that. Right. I guess he's still named in his personal capacity in the suit anyway. So no matter what happens with Stern, he's still
2: he's has, on the hook.
0: Yeah. It's well, I guess just he could, strange.
1: even if Stern had no basis to say it, I guess he could make the argument that. You know, if you hand your group over to an African-American man, mm-hmm. that that will be sort of a very tangible sign that you have not just sort of like turned over legal control, but you have turned over a new leaf. Right. And, yeah, you're and disavowing. Right. you could see yeah. where that would actually right. that, get that, him that some house- credit, legally speak, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. OK, so 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 Stern, <laughs> I, I love this thing that that Stern is like the. The the clan
2: whisperer, yeah. That he, that he does, does, he does live, this twice. Does he live in California? Is that where the, is that why the summit peace summit or whatever was taking place there? Yes,
0: yes. Stern is based in California, um, in like the sort of Southern California L.A. area, I believe.
2: Right, right, right. Okay, so
1: so so, but but hoodwinked or not, that Stern now controls the organization.
0: He does. I mean, right. there's there's still some like the judge in the Charlottesville case is like, what in God's name is going on here? Right, right, right. Uh, so they they basically have to. He's like, you know, Stern's not a lawyer. You have to get an actual lawyer to represent you in this suit. Scoop, you got to get your own lawyer. Like, what are you guys doing? Right, you know. Right, so, right. So so there's still some some details Stuff to be worked to work out, out here. Right, but right. um, but yeah, as of now, and Scoop's basically saying like, no, no, no. Sterns on in control he's just pretending and Sterns like oh yes i am so that's kind of what I No does that does
1: nothing. this have any like i remember and there's this Heimback guy who mm-hmm. we've who we've reported on mm-hmm. before in other contexts who's who's in the mix here tangentially at least i think he said something like there's 40 members so to the extent that you control it is that like like what does that even mean do they do they even have like a, like a like a clubhouse or you know like what is that Does that mean control of anything as opposed to just being sort of like of record in this lawsuit? mm -hmm.
0: It's kind of like a figurehead. I mean, you know, and I think it it wasn't Heimbeck, but someone, some member told AP, you know, yeah, there's like 40 of us actually who are paying dues, who, you know, actually do show up to all the events and stuff. There are there probably a broader network of people who go on their website and, you know, are buds with each other. But it's a pretty small group. And I think it's always, you know, important when covering White nationalism, far right extremism more broadly, like this is serious and it's worthy of attention. But also it is always a smaller group of people than you think it is. Well, at least who
1: are formally associated. Mm -hmm. So, okay. so this is a good segue to this other guy Mm -hmm. um, who now he's an example. As far as I know, he wasn't he's not a member of any group, is he? All right. So what's the name? And what? so tell us this story.
0: Okay, so this one, we got to report out thanks to a reader tip. So thank you, readers. Please, send tips. Please you send to tips. Remember, yes, <laughs> We
1: look at the emails. Tips are really, and they don't always have to be, This is a, this is a good example of this. They don't always have to be something you secretly know. Often it's something that you have seen in like a local paper or something okay. like that that just no one in the national media has found out about it. And this was actually what we were pointed to was a Nebraska Antifa group that that well, you take it from there, but the point is is that if you see stuff that, that you don't think has got enough attention, let us know. Let us know. There's a, there's an email It's talk at right. talkingpointsmemo.com. Yes, talk, exactly. Yes. Talk at talkingpointsmemo.com. Okay, Allegra. So what's what's this other dude's deal?
0: Right. So we got um yeah we got tipped off to this Nebraska Antifa's blog post about this guy Bennett Bressman, who wa- who worked as the state field director for the re-election campaign of Nebraska Republican Governor Pete Ricketts. So, basically, Antifa uh, got a hold of all these leaked chats that um, Bressman and other you know white nationalist happy dudes were exchanging on Discord, which is um, just. Josh knows, because his sons are gamers. Is it like a message
2: board kind
1: of thing? What it it is, it's yes, but basically what it is, is so many games now, uh, you know, just video games that kids play and adults play, that they're they're based on a social, you know, so you can be playing with someone on the other side of the world. And so what Discord, the primary use of Discord is, is that you can be talking to each other when you're playing games with people in other places. So that is the main uh, use of Discord, but it is also a big hangout for for white nationalists, and so they were hanging out and chatting. and I don't know if they were doing voice, but they were some mix of chatting and whatever. So they're chatting away right. on their Discord.
0: And and so there's this the broader context is this group Unicorn Riot that's sort of like a decentralized media collective is how they describe themselves. And they have been releasing like troves and troves of these Discord and Slack and Facebook messages that are sort of that are where these like white nationalist people congregate um, because of the anonymity and the privacy. And this I mean this is how we found out a lot of the planning for Charlottesville happened on Discord chats that Unicorn Riot leaked. So this was another sort of trove of them. And now, this, do
1: we know is this is this because I assume these aren't hacked. It's that people are going in there sort of furtively and then just recording, you know, making copies and right. stuff. So yeah. this is,
0: that's a, a bit of a tangent. But yeah, I was talking to one of the the members um, of the collective yesterday and he, and I was asking about this and he said, yeah, some, sometimes it's, we kind of like, they don't want to re- reveal too yeah, much of their yeah, methods, yeah, but sometimes yeah. they go sort of as moles and they yeah. get in there and, and just to sort of copy all the data off the server sometimes, just disgruntled members of the groups will leak stuff to yep. them. Yep. So there's you know, a bunch of ways they get their information. But this guy kind of made the mistake of making himself clearly identifiable in his messages. <laughs> um, he posted pictures of himself that he would also posted on other social media platforms. He has, he describes very openly, I think this is what the most disturbing part of this whole story is, he talks about getting into local politics and how it's a good way to sort of spread white nationalist ideas you know, through our political system. He, so he first worked as an—you know—he's a really young guy. He's only 22 now, but he was in college when some of these messages were written, and worked as an unpaid sort of volunteer for the Nebraska GOP, and then became the field director for a governor's the campaign, gov- which, which is a pretty quite big deal. Serious, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and he, you know, he says he says it's just really hateful, really gross stuff of the type you'd imagine about Jews, about black people, about
1: yeah. immigrants. Everything, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So l- l- let me ask you this. So, okay. So he's he's on there doing this stuff. Now, th- the pictures are there, the pictures you mentioned that he kind of, you know, posts a picture there. Is also posting them publicly. But that's the kind of thing where you're going to confirm after the fact. What is there more than this one time where he explains that he's the field director? He basically says like, yeah, I'm the field director. Now, you know, a year ago i was just like you know kind of you know kind of into politics putting up signs and now i'm the field director for the for uh the nebraska governor and that's the thing like ah when these people who got hold of you know when these when these um anti-fascist people who got hold of these they say ah all right that's pretty specific let's look this guy up and once you have that you look at the pictures and you kind of and even even his uh Even his screen name is like, he's what, not Bresnahan. What is his? It's like
0: Bress422. Right, but he's Bresman and he's like, yeah, Yeah, Bress422. And and
1: probably his birthday is like April 22nd or something (laughs) like that. But anyway, um, is it just that one time, as far as we know, where he says something that specific?
0: He mentions, I believe, working as a field director in two different posts. He talks about, but he talks about working with the Nebraska GOP repeatedly um I'm trying to think what the other mentions are. But yeah, I mean it kind of I don't know what led them down this path, right. but I think it is sort of basic journalism. They were like, "Oh, okay, this checks out with this." And yep. let's yep. look, it's, you know, it's the same guy in this Instagram profile and and they sort of just did their homework and we rechecked yeah. all yeah. of that ourselves yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um but it was funny. I mean, by the time we reached out to the Ricketts people and the campaign and the Nebraska GOP—they were kind of like, uh, you know, we'll get back to you soon. And then right, within minutes, right. they'd given statements to like local media, being like, "We disavowed. <laughs> right. you
1: know? Yeah, we right, had no idea, right. et cetera. Right. It, it is, you know, it's funny. There's um, one of the uh, a phrase that used to be used uh, within the Communist Party in the United States. They call it "burrowing in," and there's a whole history here, some of which. A whole very of a whole very fraught controversial history but basically the point is it was one of the Communist Party's strategies that if that you just being a member of the Communist Party and not going to a rally and whatever that's not that helpful but if you can join a union or if you can join various groups that are have generally progressive politics and you you know become a part of it and then you can that's a way to spread influence um, and again, a whole long controversial history about what that is about, whether that's bad faith, whether that's organ or whatever. But it struck me that in the quotes from this guy, he was actually talking about something very similar from, uh, for white supremacists and neo-nazis that kind of like it, you know, it's an open door. you just you know, you go in, you get started. And, and he even mentions a few times like,, oh, you know, there's, sometimes you got to can't t- talk too much about a f- some things, but it's, you know, pretty, pretty <laughs> welcoming environment.
0: Right. And I mean, breastman's definitely not the first person to have this idea. I think, um, you know, David was asking earlier about the sort of split between, or the sort of what's going on with the new right and what tactics are they advocating for. And I would say one school is, you know, Richard Spencer kind of pioneered this in 2016. And you saw other um, sort of big white nationalist leaders talking about infiltrating the the GOP. I mean, uh, Derek Black, who is the son of the founder of Stormfront, was, you know, a minor Republican Party politician in Florida. Right. Uh, there are people trying, you know, at state level, James Alsup in Washington, uh, also a sort of alt-right figurehead type. Got elected to a position, and then you know the local GOP had to be like, no, 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 we don't right. want you. You right. know, it's, this is this is a intentional strategy. And
1: those are, but in those cases, they're at least open. Like maybe it kind of goes under the radar, but 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 most of these guys were sort of if you follow. Sort of neo Nazi white supremacist world. These are people in that world and they were running under their own names. It's just that with a lot of like local elections, kind of no one's paying attention mm-hmm. and you just sort of.
0: Um, right. But they, they slip are in. encouraging yes. subordinates, followers, fellow travelers to take their lead, do the same thing. There was, a, I think, Cuff Post had a story last week also based on these Discord chats about. All like rallying for Steve King after, you know, what, whatever most recent controversy Steve King had, you right, know, right, uh, right. being like, we have to raise money and show support and write to your congressman and, and let him know that, you know, he has people on his side. And and that kind of yeah. advocacy can it, be powerful. Oh, absolutely.
1: What, what I was struck by or what, what I wondered about was, if I recall, there were these chats were somehow associated with a couple of. Uh, white nationalist or Trumpite or, you know, wherever on that spectrum, YouTube channels. Um where Wasn't one of the, like this guy, Fuentes, wh- wh- how did he fit into this?
0: Yeah. So this was the one, the chats that Bressman were involved in. It was for his, he has this YouTube, or I don't know if it's still active, but Nick Fuentes, who's another far right guy, um, had like a YouTube show and it was- for fans of his YouTube show. Right. So and it's like
1: the hive of, yes. of, of, of white nationalism. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I, what, I, what I was struck by is this guy was obviously very unwise by so clearly, like you can say like, oh yeah, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm actually involved in Republican politics. But he stated a s- specific state, a specific job title. So anybody who was going to like rat him out could do it at any time. But what, what, what made me wonder is who are all these other people? they've also got their own stories and and um but they're just not stupid enough to sort of say now a lot of these people are probably insurance salesmen teachers you know just all bad but I'm but I am very curious which of them are again uh politically active in 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 uh whatever ways and but it's sort of the magic of and and why you know white people who just want their privacy not not people who are nazis are so big into these chat forms cuz you just you know it doesn't it's separate from your separate from your life yeah. so it's it's a it's an interesting and uh, uh troubling topic so it seems like that guy i mean he came forward and said, oh, I'm so sorry. And yeah, that was a week and a half ago. I've changed since then. Or I don't know, maybe it was longer than a week and a half ago. a couple months, though. And he's like,
0: I can't, it makes me sick to think about the things I said in June. You know, it's just not (laughs) not, not very believable. Um, So
1: presumably that's the end of, of... his oh, who knows? I mean, maybe he'll be back working with that Heimback guy in in a, in a few months. But. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm still I'm still poking around to see if there's any other threads we can pull on this. I mean, some interesting things, just little minor, probably not, you know, going to be putting into a story. But um, his dad's apparently like a pretty big Republican donor. He's given money to Ricketts. Oh, sort of interesting. Thing. And so that's probably
1: part of how he got that job. I mean,
0: could be. Yeah, he he kind related. of acts like he sort of fell into it, but it's like you, your family's pretty into Republican politics right. in the state of Nebraska, right?
1: Right, uh, right.
0: And also, I mean, Ricketts himself was very. I don't condone these views. He's also donated some twenty thousand dollars to Steve King as most you know most recently twenty sixteen. So oh, you're like, okay, mm, you know, okay, maybe right, sure. right. <laughs>
1: and that could be interesting. It, it's 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 you know people. I certainly don't want to make excuses for someone who's 21 or 22 years old but people come out of a context and a milieu and it and it sounds like maybe he came you know came from at least a a Nazi curious Family, if not, I don't know. You know.
0: Yeah, Well, look,
1: if you're giving, if you if you are, if you're giving, um, no, Rickets, Rickets Rick, gave money to Steve. Money King. To Steve yeah, King. Not,
0: not the family. I'd be but, curious
1: to yeah. see what else, w- yeah, where we'll, else. We'll see yeah, if there's anything yeah. else we can do. This on this. this wasn't like uh, you know because you do have certain times uh, people who just like you know came from a background. you are like, dude, where did this come from? Like, how did you? Like, what made you? like go into this life Um, and then other times it's it's more it's more straightforward all right so uh, David so we want to remind everybody that we got Preet coming up that's right uh, make sure to tune in 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 uh, uh next week and let me and we're going to talk about Frete's book and and like trump and all sorts all sorts yeah, of it, cool was stuff. Great, great yeah it was a great great it was a good it was a good conversation uh also remember uh grady's cold brew iced coffee ready to give it a swirl get 20 percent off your first order at grady's cold with promo code tpm that's promo code tpm all right thanks Legra. thanks for having me thanks david thank you later